Big game on Saturday, BC and Georgia Tech. We've talked all about the inside ins and outs of this game. Who's going to win? I'll give you my predictions on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So it's been almost two weeks since BC has played a football game, and we're getting ready for a battle of three and three teams down in Atlanta, Georgia. And we're going to give some predictions today. I know folks are wondering what I think. And what Mitch thinks, and this is Mitchell Wolf of Eagle Insider. Mitch, how's it going? Going well. I'm excited to talk about this game, uh, mainly because the phrase style makes fights, I think, is really applicable for this game. Because even though neither team is, I'll say, very good, uh, their styles and the way they win and the way they lose are a bit, make for a very interesting matchup. Right. So let's start this off. We uh, Our Friday shows are very thematic. We always have a very good formula that, about how we talk about this game. I'm going to ask the question. And I'll let Mitch talk about it. What does BC have to do to win this game? BC wins if blank. They run the ball and kill the clock. That's essentially all they need to do. Uh, so <clears throat> obviously we know BC is pretty good at running the ball. Uh, they just have displayed it the last few weeks as Thomas Castellanos has taken a bigger role in the offense with his legs. But Georgia Tech is also very bad against the run. So they are allowing 214 rushing yards per game, which is 131st out of 133 teams in the FBS. It is also the worst among Power 5 teams. And the next closest Power 5 team is Baylor at 116th, and they are allowing 184.3 yards. And the advanced statistics also hold up with that. They are 100. They are 125th in EPA allowed per rush, and... Um, 128th in defensive Russian success rate. So what that tells me, the, the other interesting stat is they are 129th in early downs EPA. So we talked, and these are all from uh, Parker Fleming at Stats of War, who we talked with last week. And what that tells me is that BC should be able to make a ton of hay running the ball in early downs to get themselves in better field, get themselves in better situations, and they can sustain drives and get the ball in the red zone and score, which is also helped by the fact that Georgia Tech is 131st in defensive Echol rate. So as we talked about with Parker, Echol is when an offense is able to get the ball into scoring position, basically past the 37-yard line, and Georgia Tech's awful in that. So I think this really sets up well for BC on the offense side of the ball. On defense, it comes down to can they prevent Georgia Tech from hitting the ball, hitting on big explosive passing plays. Now, the interesting thing about Georgia Tech is they are a very – screen heavy team so they sorry i need to find my stat where'd it go here we go so haynes king uh the quarterback on he throws a screen on 16.8 percent of his dropbacks which is 32nd among fps quarterbacks with at least 150 dropbacks so essentially starting quarterbacks the other interesting part is that he is just gotta keep finding the stat. He is tied for 30th among that same set of quarterbacks in average time to throw at 2.59 seconds uh, from this time he gets the ball to the time he throws it. So 
the Georgia Tech offense is predicated on getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and getting it to athletic playmakers on the outside. They are not as much a vertical passing attack, but the their ability to consistently move the ball with short, quick passes keeps them in good downs and distances and allows them to keep moving the ball. So they have the ninth highest percent of getting a first down on first and second down at 38.4%. So this is a bit of a different thing for BC. You know, they've struggled with these explosives in terms of throwing the ball vertically. Can BC defend these screen passes well, get Georgia Tech off the field, and then get their offense back on the field and then really control the flow of the game? So my question for you, what does Georgia Tech have to do? Like, what do you think, what could be BC's big downfall in this game if if things don't line up right? So Georgia Tech doesn't really run the ball super well. They don't really care to. Um, they're, uh, I think they're in the 120s in terms of rushing yards per game. They they run, In terms of situationally, they run the ball a little better. They're 83rd in rushing success rate at 42.2%. So they're fine. They just don't really care to. They prefer to throw the ball. Um, so if essentially if BC is missing a lot of tackles and guys are getting big uh, run out for catch opportunities, and if Georgia Tech throws their counter punch, which is they'll kind of fake a screen and then throw deep, and if BC bites on those screens too much and allows those big plays over the top, that will allow Georgia Tech to kind of follow the same script that Louisville did. Is they'll hit on these big explosive passing plays. Maybe they won't be everyone won't be a touchdown, but if Georgia Tech essentially is able to get up to a two or three score lead in the first half, as long as there aren't a ton of turnovers, I don't really see a path for BC to come back because even though Georgia Tech's passing defense is quite good and BC's passing offense has been inconsistent, we'll say, so uh, you know as long as if the turnovers are relatively even, which isn't might not necessarily be the case. BC has done a pretty good job of not turning the ball over a ton aside from the Virginia game. And Georgia tech is kind of weird because they have created 13 turnovers, which is I think tied for eighth in the FBS, but it's been very consistent. They forced five in the each game against uh, wake forest and Miami. But other than that, they only forced three turnovers and two of them came against an FCS opponent. So they're very streaky on defense. So if their defense shows up and creates a lot of turnovers, that's going to be really bad for BC. But if they don't and BC can sustain those drives, then again, that's really good for BC. So question for you. I've seen this a lot. When I, when I post stuff on Facebook or even the comment section here, and it's not any of the guys that have been chatting right now, but I've seen people saying you have to be more balanced. You have to be more balanced. Do you think this is a game where BC has to be more balanced or can they just, again, if, if the runs there, just take it all the game long. Yeah, absolutely not. You don't, you don't need to be bound. Yeah. I think there's this kind of myth about balance in terms of just run versus pass splits. And, you know, I think Parker mentioned this on our episode last week that BC is his stat. It's not necessarily a good or bad ranking. It's just um, on a scale, but BC is 124th in rush rate over expected. So they are, and, they should, this probably should be flipped because they are running the ball a lot more than expected. Now, obviously BC is pretty run heavy, but they do that run in a lot of different ways. They hand it off to the back. They do zone schemes. They do run schemes. They run with the quarterback. They do jet sweep. So they're very, they varied. They're varied in that way. They are, they have some RPOs built into those run plays. So I think that balance thing is kind of a myth, especially when you're running the ball so well, and especially against a team that is so bad at defending the run, and again, I don't think they really care to defend the run that much because of how they play. They play with very light boxes. Um, they usually play with two safeties deep. Um, they've shown some willingness to adjust that based on the opponent, um, but I still don't think that they're going to really do that. And, you know, again, if it, I think one game to look at is the game against Ole Miss where 
Jackson Dart, Ole Miss's quarterback, had a huge day on the ground. I think he had 160 yards and two touchdowns, and he's a decent runner. But I mean, Thomas Castellanos is a great running quarterback. So, you know, I, I think BC. I, I think that that thing about balance is uh, it's 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 overinflated. I think in college because in college you can get away with um, some Being of these one, kind of uh, one kind of thing. Yep. some unique aspects of offense where you don't need necessarily be balanced. You can, I mean, look at all the, how the option teams run is, you know, if you, if you're really good at something, then there's no real reason to go away from it. All right. I bet you all are wondering what our predictions are going to be. You're going to have to wait a moment and we'll get into that in just a second. Now, if you have are in the process of making a, a big change in your life, if you're thinking of doing something, whether it's a new house you're getting married, you're having kids, you're thinking about getting to a new job. There's a lot of different things out there that you could be doing. I want to tell you about our friends over at BetterHelp. Now, if you've ever benefited from therapy, you know how important it can be. It can help you slow your brain down. It can help you make the right decision that you need to make. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And it's going to help getting to talk to someone, a nice person who can listen to you and give you feedback. It's perfect. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. Now, it's another big weekend of football coming up here uh, as teams are getting ready to start pushing for the playoffs. and Some are not. With FanDuel, you could snap into this NFL season with America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's so easy to use. I'm going to go and I, I'm going to look at the Patriots, and I'm going to try to get some good action on that because I have no faith in my Pats anymore. And I know that they're playing the Bills, and the Bills play them very well every single year. So I'm going to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can kick off your NFL season as well with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, and we're here with Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Check us out over there. I'm the publisher. He's the writer. It's time to give some predictions, Mitch. I went first last time, so I'm going to let you give your prediction. Go ahead. I've really gone back and forth this one because I think this game is going to turn on a very small set of plays. Um, and, you know, that could be, you know, BC getting some explosive plays in the run game, whether to score or sustain drives. <clears throat> who wins the turnover battle and if, you know, Georgia Tech hits on some explosive passing plays and kind of whether or not those things happen. And that's maybe like five to 10 plays, maybe, maybe fewer. That's really going to determine the outcome of this game. Ultimately, I'm still, I I still just need to see it from BC's defense for a full game, not just a half. Um, I, I feel very confident in the offense and their ability to control the game, but I just, I just really don't have faith in the defense at this point. So I'm going to pick, Georgia Tech to win. I'm going to go 30 to 27. Um, so I think BC covers. I think the spread is four and a half, or at least it was the last I checked. Um, so I think BC covers, and I, and I think there's a very good chance they could win. Like I said, there's a very a very small set of plays will decide this game, but I really just have to see it from BC's defense before I can truly believe in them. 
So I, I, I hear your thoughts and I, I agree a lot with what you're saying in terms of it being a close game. I look at two games that BC has played against teams that can throw the ball. Florida State and Louisville. One team blew them out, out the doors. You know, obviously Louisville threw for almost 400 yards, five touchdowns, and made Jack Plummer look like the second coming of Dan Marino. Jo- Jordan Travis also had his moments too, but BC had some luck in terms of shutting things down at different points during that game. I, you know, Georgia Tech has a very good passing offense. Do I think BC can slow them down enough? I have this. I have this gut feeling when you mention turnovers that something's going to happen in this game, whether it's going to be an Elijah Jones turnover or uh, Donovan Azaraku, you know, I, Jeff Halfley said this week that he's really pushing again to, to find ways to get him loose. I think the defense will make a play or two that'll cause that'll, that'll lead to BC winning this game. And I think the way that BC's strengths on offense line up, if they can prevent, brain farts which as i've said on the on the show and on the website they haven't been able to do it for a whole game yet they need to play four quarters and maybe it's the bye week maybe maybe it's just me being completely naive (laughs) and i don't know i think they're gonna have their most complete game of the season and i think their ground game is what's gonna really wear down georgia tech and i have bc winning this game i think they're gonna score four rushing touchdowns uh probably miss an extra point and win 27 24 most the yeah, most you're going with the mode of BC <laughs> scores this season. So the, the fourth 27 to 24 outcome, which exactly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could totally see that happening. Um, I, I think that the, the range of outcomes in this game is probably not as big as I thought it was for Louisville, but I, I think that the, I think that the narrative, there's kind of like two, like I've said, there's kind of like two halves in the narratives of the game. And it's kind of which offense does a better job consistently moving the ball. Um, and I think that that's really going to decide how that, and th- there could be a number of scores and they kind of, but they, I think they do kind of fall into two camps, but I think that the, the narrative of which offense is able to execute their game plan more consistently is going to be the team that ends up winning this game. Which is scary. Cause as, a, as you, as you mentioned too, like BC hasn't been able to be consistent. They haven't been able to do it for a full game yet. And I don't know why I feel like this is going to be the game that they do it. I feel like I'm going to burn myself again. That's why I'm not. <laughs> I think I think it's because we had the bye week, so we have more time to positively talk ourselves into thinking good yeah, things it's, will happen in extra... football, which is the, the great fallacy behind rooting for this team. Yep, exactly. All right, in a moment, Mitch and I are going to look around college football and talk about some of the things that were some of the games that we're going to make our wagers on this weekend. But I want to tell you guys about bird dogs. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. We're in the middle of October up here in New England. I'm still wearing my Bird Dogs. I have I have five pairs. My wife told me I can't buy any more. I got enough, but I love how they feel. They fit way better than regular shorts, and they're made of that are made of stri- stiff, restricting cotton. They're flexible, and you can wear them anywhere. You can wear them out to dinner. You can wear them out to golf. You just you know if you're just hanging around the house, Bird Dogs are perfect. So they're better than any other shorts you're gonna find out there. Now. What I need you to do, if you want to try it out, go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege or enter promo code lockedoncollege at a checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege for a free water bottle at checkout. I love my Bird Dogs. I think you will too. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you. 
Locked on BC, AJ Black here. We're wrapping things up. We're getting ready for Saturday's game. Mitch, what are you doing for the game on Saturday? Oh, I'll probably just be on my couch uh, watching from the comfort of home. Just happy that this game is uh, actually on on a television that my TV gets, so I don't have to go somewhere else to find it when it's on some other random channel. I'm going to use this as a cheap plug to plug something, but um, I was invited to the Friends of the Heights. If you're if you're a donor to Friends of the Heights, you can go to a um, game watch at Watertown, in Watertown at Donahue. I think it's called Donahue's. Um, and you can get your tickets on uh, by going on Twitter and finding Friends of the Heights. I got invited by Tom uh, uh, Tom Devitt, the president of uh, the GM of Friends of the Heights, but I couldn't make it because I'm going to be at stay home and watch and get this podcast out afterwards. So um, check that out if you're interested in for if you're around and you're not going to Atlanta. It should be a good. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. I saw Mike Ruth is going to be there as well, uh, former BC. Uh, great. So Mitch, one of only two players in program history, other number retired. So exactly. All right, Mitch, give us an update on our, our uh, predictions so far. Well, luckily we didn't pick games last week because th- th- there was a, you know, for a second I had some picks in there um, for the games last week thinking we were going to do picks and uh, they suddenly went away when uh, none of them hit. So we're not going to count those ones. But uh, as of right now, uh, we stand at you are currently at 615 and two. And 615 and, and two. <laughs> yeah, you've had two pushes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which actually, I think both both came when you were betting against Ohio State. If my if the weeks line, I'm staying out of the Big Ten today. I'm just yeah. gonna give you a, a preview. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, all right. So, Mitch, what, let's uh, let's hear what's your first one. All right, we're going back to the well. We're going Iowa Minnesota under, and the under thirty and a half is thirty and a half. And Oof. I mean, you know, there's only so few games that are where a total is that low, and a service academy is not involved, but. Iowa's offense gets worse and worse every week. They're just lost. They're starting tight end Eric all who transferred over from Michigan. They're hemorrhaging weapons. Their offense is still terrible and their defense is good. Maybe not great. And Minnesota is just absolutely awful on offense. Um, so, you know, I, I think last week I was scared to put the Wisconsin Iowa under uh, because it was similarly low and it ended up being, I think the total was 21 points and, Neither of these teams' offense is that is as good as they were that week, uh, so I, I'm I think this one is going to be well under thirty. I think this could even, if I think it finish in the twenties, and it, I think honestly it could even finish in the in the teens for the total. All right, I'm going to go to the SEC, and I have a, a game Ole Miss against Auburn, and I believe the spread is I just lost it where to go. It's uh. Six points. Uh, they're giving Ole Miss six points. This game is at Jordan Hare, and they're that... they're taking. They should be taking points from Ole Miss against right. Auburn, right? Six, six point favorite. Yep. Okay, there we go. Um, Ole Miss five and one. They're putting up five hundred yards per game. Auburn, their defense is okay, but they just got blasted. It was LSU last week, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, Forty-eight to eighteen. I think that Ole Miss, I, I don't have any faith in Auburn doing much of anything. I, although it's a home game, which makes me a little nervous, I think that Ole Miss should win by 10 to 14. Yeah, I think this is also a, a, a this is a, I'm going to come back to this, but this is a bit of a uh, revenge game for Ole Miss against their former head coach, Hugh Freeze, noted excellent person. Um, so, yeah, I, I would also take this one as well. Because, uh, and I just, again, I have this weird random antipathy towards Auburn. But my next one is I'm going to do another revenge game. Um, so I'm picking Alabama minus eight and a half and they're playing Tennessee at home this week. And last year, Tennessee beat them in a, you know, 
rollicking back and forth affair. I think it went into overtime and Tennessee won the game, rushed the field, tore down the goalposts, what have you. For Tennessee, and obviously Alabama lost to a bunch of talented players. They lost Bryce Young, Will Anderson, the NFL, what have you. But as always, Alabama is able to better reload than almost any other team in the country. And Tennessee is not, you know, to paraphrase, uh, Hendon Hooker and Darnell Wright are not walking through that door. So mm-hmm. I think Alabama, I think Saban's going to have the boys up for this one. It's a revenge game for them. They're going to, you know, post all those pictures of Tennessee smoking those cigars last year. And I think Alabama is going to be the one lighting them up this year. And by, I think at least double digits. So Alabama minus eight and a half against Tennessee. All right. I'm going to go to the ACC now and I am going to pick an underdog here. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go between Pitt and wake and I'm going to pick the Pitt Panthers. <laughs> Did you see Pitt's new uniforms? They dropped all white uniforms. Including oh, lovely. Helmets. Yeah. So I mean that they, they did look cool, but this is going to be a gross game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only point five. It's a you know it's basically a pick, pick them here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Pitt, and I think they found a little something under Christian Valu. I don't. I think Wake Forest is terrible. Mitch Griffiths is not a good quarterback this year. He's not what we. I, I think a lot of folks were expecting out of the Demon Deacons. Um, so I'm going to go with a team that has more momentum right now, especially in a pick'em game, and I'm going to pick the Panthers. That's plus one and a half, correct? I got it at point point five, but I'm oh. not on FanDuel right now. I think it moved. I'll, I'll see if I can quickly check here. I think it moved to one and a half. So yeah, it's one and a half now. Oh, I'll so, take it. I'll take so it. I'll give you. I'll give you one and a half. Okay. Uh, my last pick is, and you know, it's it's been a bit of a rough last few weeks in terms of our picks. You know, I'm trying to find some underdogs, find some value here and there. Uh, this week I'm flipping the script. Obviously, we're sticking with the Iowa under, but I'm going to go Michigan minus twenty four and a half, and they're playing Michigan State. Michigan State is, you know, as derelict as you can get as a program right now. Uh, this game was spicy last year. They had that big fight in the tunnel. And, you know, Michigan is dealing with another off-field scandal now, now that they're being accused of uh, stealing signals from other teams. And, you know, I think that this will just be another opportunity for, you know, Jim Harbaugh to, you know, hoist himself up there on the cross and say, look at how they're persecuting me and you. You know, they're, they're afraid of a great Michigan. They're afraid they're they're t- the NCAA is too afraid of the great Michigan men. Um, and I think that'll work on this team. So I think Michigan's just, I mean, it's gonna be another Michigan game. They're just gonna, you know, beat the crap out of Michigan state for four quarters. It's probably gonna be like 54 to seven or something probably by like in the middle of the third quarter. And then they'll finally take their feet off the gas. But yeah, I think this one's gonna be a blowout. I don't think Michigan state has any chance of even covering this game. So Michigan minus 24 and a half. All right. And my final, I'm going to stick with the ACC and I'm going to take Clemson minus three against Miami. Um, the game is in Miami. Uh, I watched Tyler Van Dyke get the snot kicked out of him last week. And Clemson, I feel like, has a better defense right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe, no matter what the coaching staff is going to say, I don't believe he's at 100%. Um, Cabe Klubnik, I feel like, Cade Klubnik, excuse me, um, I feel like is play, starting to get things together. I feel like Clemson's starting to roll a little bit here. Um, at four and two, you know, they only, I mean, they barely snuck by Wake Forest, but I get this feeling that Miami's going to start their nosedive soon. And this is a perfect game against a physical team that could maybe, maybe they could, maybe we'll get a quick wilt out of the Hurricanes. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about like Kate Klubnik and the Clemson offense. And like you said, they are seeming to find their footing a little bit, but you know, the Clemson defense may, that might not be like 2019 or 2018 Clemson, but that defense is really figuring out and they're as salty as ever. And I totally agree with you. I think they're just going to, I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Uh, maybe yep. like a 24 to seven kind of affair where 
Clemson's, I mean, I think you could probably end up seeing my, whoever Miami's backup is will probably get in the game because Dan Dyke's just exhausted and bruised to hell. So yeah, <clears throat> I think yeah, minus three is a good line. I think, I think under definitely hits here. And I think Clemson's going to cover with these because I just don't think Miami's going to score anywhere near enough points to make this competitive. So I need like a four and a week here. I really need, we, I mean, we both, I mean, we both do, <laughs> which <laughs> is, we, but we are on opposite sides of the beast. Well, I guess we're on opposite sides of the outcome. I think we're, we're both betting BC to cover, obviously, but you know, All right. it, we can incorporate that as a tiebreaker if need be. So this is our Friday early edition of the show. Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell D Wolf, W O L F E on Twitter. Uh, again, check out my um, work on Eagle insider. Uh, you'll find for VIP members, the matchup report, uh, which goes a little more in depth, has some more advanced statistics. And then uh, the three week preview with my three keys to victory, three matchups to watch and three predictions for the game. Uh, that'll be coming out um, probably by the time you're listening to this. So make sure you just head on over there and check that out. All right. And this is AJ black again, check us all out at Eagle insider. You can uh, get, become a subscriber now 99 cents for the first month. If you want to check it out and just take a, take a test drive through it. I recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, well, I'll be back on tomorrow's show on Saturday. Uh, after the game and we'll be talking about what happened we'll give you all our initial first thoughts of bc's game against georgia tech we'll also be back on monday with mitch and uh any re- recaps of the weekend a big hockey game between denver and bc they're gonna have a blackout at conti forum i think that's gonna be pretty cool uh so check us all out and uh make sure you like this this video and recommend us to your family and friends for mitch this is aj we will see you all again soon for another episode of Locked On BC, your team every day.